Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Last week we uh, told you that uh, it looks like the folks at Bedrock Industries uh, were kind of sort of thinking about uh, doing something about the uh, the blast furnaces at Stelco. And that was good news. In other words, they want to make sure that they still have that opportunity. So they're going to put some money into that, invest into that. Uh, not to have them go on full bore or anything like that, but it seemed like a pretty good news story. So we thought, hey, that sounds like some pretty good news. Maybe the steel industry is making a comeback, especially here in Hamilton, because let's face it, there's some pretty dark days. This way comes the story that Hamilton's specialty bar, which apparently is doing great business these days, they just called a whole bunch of people back to work to try to fill some orders, but they're gone into receivership. What's going on here? I thought this was supposed to be an uptake with the steel industry. Let's ask Marvin Ryder, business professor at the DeGroote School of Business over at McCraskey University, about what's happening. Hi, Marvin. How are you this morning? I'm glad to talk to you, Bill. Well, let's talk a little bit about this, because this was one that was kind of under the radar, and, and I think surprised an awful lot of people. It did. So let me just take you back. The Hamilton Specialty Bar is the old Slater Steel. Yep. Uh, different kind of an operation than what Stelco or DeFasco has. They use an electric arc furnace, and they take scrap melt it down through that process and turn it into bar, specialty bar, which can be used in any number of things, the auto industry, construction, so on and so forth. Um, a little different, too, in the sense that they, they uh, don't necessarily have long-term contracts. So they go out, somebody puts in a specialty order, they make it to that specification, then they get another specialty order, they do something different. Now, if I take you back, 2007, uh, this was a company that was also in creditor protection and emerged. Uh, there was actually a small bidding war between two different companies, and a Delaware-based company uh, wound up owning this company in 2007. This is when they changed the name of it to Hamilton Specialty Bar. Now, in the last 10 years, the story coming out of it, and again, because it's privately held, we don't get to see a lot of public information about the company, but was that it, it was always struggling with cash flow. Now, what does cash flow mean here? To fund its operations, it had taken on some debt. Nothing in comparison to the former Stelco. They had over $2 billion in debt. Here we're talking about debt more on the order of $30 million. But, you know, sometimes they'd make the payments. Sometimes they wouldn't make the payments. Sometimes they'd have to restructure the loan. And on and on it had gone over the last decade. Uh, and what basically happened on January the 8th, so roughly 10 days ago, was that the people who were owed money said, we've lost faith, we've lost faith in the people who operate this company. So, court... We want you to take over the operation and appoint what's known as a receiver. In this case, it's the accounting firm of Ernst & Young. This receiver's job first is to get the company functioning, operating, so they act as the new management team. And then uh, tomorrow, they're going to go into court again, and Ernst & Young is going to say, okay, we've got that part of it going, we're operating, but that's not our business. We're not a steel company, obviously, so we're going to seek the court's permission to find a buyer and have hopefully find somebody with a deeper set of pockets and a more stable approach who can take this over. It affects roughly 200 employees, uh, maybe 170 or so who are unionized, 40 or so who are in the offices, <clears throat> and, and it's been a difficult time. They took a Christmas break. Unlike a blast furnace, electric arc furnaces can be turned and off, on and off relatively easy, and so they, they shut down for Christmas. That's pretty normal, but rather than starting back up on January the 2nd, everyone was told to stay home. 
that has been reversed now. They're operating again. But, again, great concern when you see something like this in the courts. Now, when you get into what they call cash flow, let's let's talk a little bit about that. For those that, that have never run a business uh, and, and or done the books for one like this, uh, that's that's a, a bit of a conundrum because I think a lot of people might think, Marvin, well, it's cash in, cash out, isn't it? I mean, you know, you you, you pay for the materials, you pre the product, you sell it to you know company XYZ, they pay you, you pay off the other guys, Bob's your uncle, and you're good to go. Uh, yes. But there's it's it, there's timing elements to this, and my understanding is uh, the best advice is companies seem to actually need to have almost like a float, a, a, yes. an account that they can dip into, and if that's if that counts dry, you're in trouble. You know, you're you're absolutely right. So cash flows come about because of the timing of things. In this situation, this company has to buy its raw material, which is scrap, and it has to pay for that up front. It then is going to treat it. It's going to run it through the electric arc furnace, turn it into something. It's then going to ship it to somebody. That person then gets a bill, a bill that's payable, usually within 30 days. And so you've got to have a float of money to keep your company going from the time you acquire the scrap to the time that people pay their bill. And if, as in this is what's also happened over the last 10 years, it's not been the happiest 10 years. We've had uh, a recession in 2007-8, and then from then the market was slowly recovering. Yes, 2017 was a good year, but up until then it had been slowly recovering. So some of the people they would sell product to might not pay in 30 days, they might pay in 45 days or 60 days, and that puts a strain then on your operations. That's often why you go out and get some debt. Uh, we call that a line of credit or a rotating line of debt so that you can you need cash. I get it from the bank, or in this case it was Wells Fargo. Uh, if, uh, if I can pay it off, I do. And I have this rotating line, and all supposed to be good as long as you keep having this sort of steady flow through of traffic. But if something slows down, if your orders slow down, suddenly you're not producing as much, but you've got other costs going, you might need to say to the debtor, well, I, I wanted to pay you back some of that money, but can I get a little advance? And, and that's where this thing starts to fall apart to the point that the creditor said, I've had enough. You know, They've come to me so often over the last four or five years looking for extensions, looking for this, looking for something. I've had enough. And it should be noted that uh, today this company, Hamilton Specialty Bar, isn't actually lo- owned locally. There are two uh, major ownership groups. They're companies. One is a financial group out of Delaware, but the other is an operating group out of, I believe it's Nova Scotia. And um, they've been having problems in other parts of their business as well. So when you put it all together, I'm not surprised that the court on January the 8th said, let's put a receiver in there to run this company. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.